So today I'm really excited to welcome uh, Julianne Sommerfeldt uh, to our podcast and she starts our year off actually as our first podcast for the year. So we're excited wow. to have her be here and and uh, join with us uh, with the opportunity to just talk a little bit about education and teaching and uh, of course last year um, you were the winner for I think Zone 6 for Edwin Parr Award for first year teacher so that's awesome so we'll talk a little bit about that as well so um, Julianne go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. Wow. Yeah. I, when you said first, I've had a lot of first in the last little bit. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's a lot of first new, new things coming around. A um, little bit about myself. I'm, I'm probably one of the older first-year teachers ever, which is fun in and of itself, just to be able to say that I got there after. I think it's never too late to keep going. I figured I was getting older whether I finished my education or didn't, so I'm glad that I did. And I have to say, my, it's my first year having students in front of me all day long, and I love it. I actually can't wait to get up in the morning and get to work. So it's, it's really fun. That's awesome. So last year was your first year teaching, and it was uh, uh, COVID was definitely alive and well as it is right now. Uh, but you spent that year teaching, and, and your first year of teaching was at the Westwind Alternate School. So just tell us a little bit about how you got to that, that point. Um, you mentioned that you uh, feel like you're maybe the oldest first-year teacher <laughs> in Westwind, and uh, we won't talk about your age, but, but uh, how did you make that journey um, to becoming a, a teacher? And maybe even talk a little bit about the program you went through. It, it interests me that there's a program um, that works with, with teachers or with people who have done other occupations and then helps them advance their degree. So yeah. let's talk about your first year and then maybe the program that got you there. Okay, so this is going to, yeah, it's going to take a little bit. But I started out um, my education as a dance major. I was down at BYU-Idaho and I took dance with a science background at the time. I was kind of looking into nursing. So I had that and then I decided, well, I'm going to do dental assisting. So I became a dental assistant. I went to the American Institute of Medical and Dental Technology in Provo worked as a dental assistant. One of my jobs as a dental assistant was working at the Chinook Health Unit. So I actually ran around to all the schools and when the fluoride program was a, a big thing and delivered fluoride programs and taught kids how to brush their teeth. And in one of those sessions, I was actually at the Cartson Elementary School and teaching a whole, all of the grade fives at once and went through my little program on my way out. Um, Mr. Toon at the door said, there's someone who's missed their calling. You should be a teacher. And that was just something that sparked my interest because I loved it. I loved um, having that moment and watching, watching the little light bulbs go off, right, when the kids said, oh, I get it, that's how I brush my teeth, or, right? The, and now I, I love it when I see those light bulbs go off. It's like, oh, that was what that word means. This is how this connects with reading and writing. So I love those moments. And then so just starting my journey, I actually ended up homeschooling for a number of years, which made working at the alternate school last year a very good fit. Um, and I, I homeschooled for personal reasons, had nothing to do with, I wanted, didn't want my kids in the divisions, it was, it was other reasons, but we, I super enjoyed my time with my, my children at home. Um, Tate even said yesterday that I was his best teacher, so that just was a, a good mom moment, <laughs> right? Go. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> did something right. Um, yeah, so I, I did that, in, in, in doing that, I did a lot more education studies, 
So I've done a lot with um, Thomas Jefferson education type oh, yeah. backgrounds, and I did a drama camp, really, and I did a lot of drama with the alternate school, which led into, um, well, then I started working for the division as an ele uh, educational assistant. So I started at the elementary school, um, loved that, went to the junior high, ended up at the high school, so I bopped around for a while, went back to the junior high as a drama teacher and loved my time. I loved being able to pull um, a little bit of shyness out of some kids and watch them grow and progress in that role. And during all of this time, I was taking um, classes at Athabasca. So I was doing um, at-home learning with Athabasca. And it, it took me several years to get through it because I was coaching gymnastics, um, running youth groups, working full-time and going to school, so. That's awesome. One of the off. things that I'll say on here about uh, Julianne is that she's very motivated to help kids be successful. So we had a, I think before COVID hit, we had 32 years of running drama performances at Carson yeah. Junior High. And I don't know all the people that were um, the drama uh, um, teachers and assistants that helped with that, but I know that when you came and, and we start that process of uh, auditions and of course certain people get certain parts and then we pull other people out of that and and we had great success um, and I loved going to the final performances when a kid went from being able to barely be on stage to almost life-changing experience about who they became and so I, I loved that about drama programs and I hope that that COVID eases so that we can have those performances and those singing groups and things like that again. I hope so too. Um, and just a, uh, another comment I really liked that you said there, and I, I know you mentioned Mr. Toon, but I just love that somebody said to you, even as an adult learner, you know, here's, here's something you should be thinking about. And the impact that we as, as teachers and educators can have on a kid to say, hey, here's something you're really good at. Maybe you should think about that or you open the, the door to something else that they'd never even thought about. So, mm -hmm. you know, a dance major, dental assisting <laughs> that led to homeschooling kids, working in an alternate school, running drama programs, to now um, a, a classroom teacher. Yeah. So um, last year, uh, the Western Alternate School and COVID, and then this year, an opportunity to, to move schools. I'm sure that wasn't an easy decision, and we won't discuss that on here. <laughs> but, but now that you're, you're there, you're at Carson Junior High, and um, you're teaching language arts, is that correct? Yeah. In what grade level? Grade six. Grade six language arts. So let's just talk about what you, what you hope, in, and maybe not just language arts six, but even when you were at the alternate school last year, you kind of had that, I'm sure you had a philosophy that you believed about kids and that led you to be a teacher um, in the long run. So what kind of is that philosophy about kids and, and education, that whole snowball of, of what makes a teacher a teacher? Yeah, I think my biggest philosophy is that when education becomes a quest, it's not a requirement. So a lot of my time in my classroom is talking about mindfulness or the purpose of learning because once a child says, oh, that's why I'm learning, because how many times have we sat in a classroom like, why do I have to know this, right? So once they get the why, 
then the education's easy because they have a quest. They, it becomes a desire. And so I think that's what drives me as a teacher is to try and have students um, want to learn rather than feeling like they have to learn. I really love that, know my why. So what are, what are some ways that you think you help kids to know their why and that mindfulness piece or even that, I guess, you know, deeper level metacognition, think about my thinking and why yeah. am I doing this? So how do, you, how do you get to that point where you think you're helping kids understand or know their why? Well, I try and do a mindfulness or a mindset activity almost every day. <clears throat> that gives them an opportunity to think about it. So I, I actually just did the one where um, Socrates came to Plato. Or is it the other way around? I might have that backwards. And said, I really want to learn from you. And he says, okay, let's go to the beach. And he goes, why are you taking me to the beach? And he walks him out halfway and he holds him underwater and he's gurgling, gurgling, gurgling. And when he just about gives up, he lets him up. And he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, what did you want more than anything when you're underwater? And he goes, I wanted to breathe. And he goes, when you want to learn, as much as you want to breathe, then I can teach you. So we just talked about that. And I said, how many people here in this classroom just come because mom and dad drop you off every day? Is there a reason for you to learn? Why do you need to read and write? Who wants to go to university? Who wants to become an engineer? Or who even wants to become a carpenter? And do you think you need to read for those jobs? And then just gave them a passion, hopefully. And not everybody connects with it, of course, but I do try and every day give them a little feed, like hard things. I teach them mistakes are blessings. These are the moments that you've learned. If you've never made a mistake, you're not learning. Well, awesome. Um, and I, again, I know the two schools and the setting are very different. Very different. And in, in the impact. So what are some of the things that you learned um, from working at the alternate school and, and more of an outreach type setting uh, versus that you took with you to the in-class um, 25, 26 kids in front of you, <laughs> yeah. six periods, seven periods a day. I do, I do miss that one-on-one. -on -one. There's, there's some magic that happens when you get a child one-on-one -on -one for a while. Um, so I've had to alter a little bit, but what I've taken with me is a, I, I learned a lot of skills online, which have been fabulous to use in the classroom, even, even still in the classroom, because everybody loves to get on the computer. Um, I'm still learning a lot of things. I've attempted to do Hapara this year, which has lots of <laughs> ups and downs and learning curves. Um, but I think just still, even, even with my homeschool kids, uh, working with their families, giving them all that same mindset, growth mindset ideas that we can move forward, um, I, I didn't change that. That's still something that I used one-on-one -on -one as much as I did in a group setting. And awesome. Just talk to me for a minute about, because um, every teacher is different, but when you talk about relationships with kids and establishing relationships, and, and uh, you've mentioned some great things that are really personal to me about mindfulness or know your why, uh, mindset and growth mindset, and you know, Carol, De Carol Dweck's, I think her big thing is not yet and stuff like that. So how does that all fit into a relationship with kids and what would you say your, your method of, of establishing relationships with kids is? I think it's just always have time, right? You know when you've got them lined up at your desk or running around the classroom and they're standing next to you, to be able to stop, turn, and give them full attention I think has a lot of power to it. You're walking down the hallway, 
I'm, I struggle with names, I will totally admit that, but knowing their name is so important. It's, it's almost vital, right? So I keep, I keep apologizing, I keep trying to learn what, what's your name and how can we make that relationship, but then also being outside of the school, right? If you know that they've got activities going on, attempting to be there, knowing the score of the football game, um, makes a difference right when they show up the next day and you can connect a little bit with them awesome that's one thing i i always hope people appreciate and when we talk about the the little things is the the time that goes into establishing a relationship so going to a football game or a hockey game or a musical performance or or whatever else a kid is involved so we we have that six and a half seven hour work day and then another four or five hour work day after trying to just have that positive relationship. And, and some teachers do it through coaching. Some do it through just by being there and watching them perform. Um, some do it in many other um, activities in communities, whether it's working yeah. at youth, youth homes or like just down the street from us is the, the Epic Youth Center. So I know there's some people that help with uh, mentorship there and, and things like that. So those are, those are all big things. Um, at the end of last year, uh, you received a nomination uh, for Westwind School Division Edwin Parr, which is a, an award for outstanding uh, first-year teacher. Um, let me ask you this. When you found out you were nominated, how did you feel about that? See, even now, it kind of brings me to tears. It was fairly um, humbling, actually, right? Um, I never expected anything like that, even... Even going through the meeting and watching the videos of all of the other nominees and going, oh, yeah, that person should win. Look at how amazing they are. Totally, when, when they said my name, I was, I was um, very surprised, <laughs> very shocked, and, and moved to tears. Um, my passion is just children, and to be awarded for giving that passion was um, almost unacceptable because it was just, that's just what I love to do, right? I didn't feel like it was award-worthy. It's just what I love to do. Well, I thought it was awesome. I was on there when you received the award, and, and I can speak to your, your emotion and, and your, you know, because it was an impressive, it was actually a super impressive group of first-year teachers uh, that were on there. And, and then when you were awarded that, I, uh, I noticed and recognized your emotion, not so much because you won an award, <laughs> but really because the work that goes into it and and the, the efforts that are put into it. So I, I can appreciate that. Um, one full year of teaching, now a, a month of basically back to it. Uh, what's been your most rewarding teaching experience? And it doesn't actually have to be in, in education. I will, I will say it can't be your own kids at home. <laughs> but in your, your experiences in EA, working in drama, um, coaching, um, gymnastics, I know you spent a lot of time doing that and had the opportunity to witness some of your great athletes come and perform at our school. But what are, what are some of the, be or what is one of the most impactful teaching moments that you have had? It actually happened when I was um, doing student teaching and I set up, we were kind of doing a First Nations understanding type thing and I had these trees for my son's wedding that were light up and we, we did a vision quest just to try, everybody did it with poetry so they had to go in and write an autobiography poem inside these trees and I had blankets and so I had this student who would not write in the classroom. I got nothing out of her ever. 
but when she walked into this little cozy, lit, warm set of trees, she sat there and completely astounded me with an amazing little autobio poem. And it was just, I was like, okay, maybe when you take kids out of the, the box, right, it's in there. And it was just, it was a great learning moment for even me to make sure that I take those moments to take the kids out of the box and let them express themselves. That's awesome. Um, people probably wouldn't know, but I, uh, or when, when most people know me as an administrator, but as a teacher, I loved changing the room up, uh, dressing up. Um, I've worn more, my fair share of togas. We've um, mummified a few people, uh, but just change that, that tone of the classroom um, so that the learning environment can be open up to anyone who has a different way of learning. Yeah, that was a giggle moment in my video for the Edwin Parr thing as I'm walking around the room in a toga, and there's never an explanation yeah, of why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They didn't say it was Greek day anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, who's a teacher that, going back in your own life, um, and maybe it's somebody now that you work with, but who's a teacher that's had a huge impact on you and maybe was a model for what you wanted to become as a teacher? Um, in the in the work that you've done, that's well. I, just, I would have to say it's been in the last ten years of working with Westwind. I've been in and out of many many classrooms, and I would have to say I've stolen something from every one of them. So I don't know if I could pin it down to one person because this and I've, I haven't been in other divisions, so I can't say. But unbelievable teachers here that um, have. Patience. I watched one teacher, the class was crazy. All he had to do was stand up and just his presence of standing, everybody calmed down. I'm like, okay, I want that magic, right? <laughs> yeah, no right? It was just, yeah. but, but he had that rapport with the students. And I've watched teachers walk up and down the things, teaching math and then stopping, getting down on his knees and taking the time to explain. Just those moments of watching greatness around me. And I, yeah, I don't think I can pinpoint one teacher. I would just have to say that. That made a huge addition. I, I can say that when I was in high school, um, I was struggling, struggling with math. And it was the year that Ken Sommerfeld oh. was doing his student teaching. And he did a lot of one-on-one. -on -one, and that's why I made it through math in high school. Oh. So he was a, a little bit of an inspiration in high school. Awesome. Actually, ever just as you were talking, I just thought about that advantage. So I know as a, a school administrator, I've had lots of time to be in in well, literally hundreds of classrooms. And um, I know that if I was ever to go back in the classroom, I would take a piece of all of those hundred teachers right. and, and build my own classroom again. Um, and, and so that is an awesome advantage as a, having been an EA and been in so many rooms and dealt with so many kids and watched how teachers interact and then said, this is what I want to become. So that's kind of awesome, actually. Um, if you were to, to, let's say, your end of your career, which you're just starting, but at the end of your career, what would you hope students would say about you? That's a good question. It's a hard question. But maybe I would, I think above all, right, because like, they're not going to remember everything I teach them. They maybe will remember one or two things, but hopefully they know I cared. Awesome. And I know that's super cliche, but hopefully they know I cared. Yeah. Well, I really like, I mean, I actually like that. Uh, the idea that I care 
And it can be in so many ways for so many different kids. You know, you cared that I understood poetry. You cared that I learned to read at a, at a higher level. You cared that I um, was welcome and safe in your classroom. Or you cared when I had a bad day. Or you came to my graduation because that was my ultimate accomplishment so far in life right. and, and you were there for that. So, so I think that word, you care, extends beyond I met him at the door and welcomed him into my classroom. Yeah. So it's, it's a big word. You know, um, our superintendent, um, Darren Mazatinitz, at the beginning of the year showed us a, a video. And at the end of that video was uh, a man who displayed a t-shirt that said, be a better human. And so at the end of all my podcasts this year, I'm going to ask people the question, what does it mean to them to be a better human? And I've thought a lot about that over the last uh, few weeks myself. And one day I might do my own podcast, just interview <laughs> myself about being a better human. But exactly. what does it mean to you to be a better human as it relates to a teacher and West Wind School Division? I would have to say being a better human is about connection, right? That's what we all need is that connection. So to be a better human is who am I connecting with? Who am I serving? What, um, what have I done today that's made a difference in somebody's life? And that's really my end game and my goal, right? What, what have I done to connect and make something better, something easier? How have I been somebody's angel? Awesome. I love that. And, uh, I, I just know um, uh, it was fun to walk in your classroom about the second or third day of school. <laughs> oh, no. In your regular classroom, and, uh, different than what was uh, you'd experienced at uh, West Wind Alternate. And, and uh, kids were busy, and technology wasn't working, and all of that. And I, I, just, I just, when I left, and I said, I'll catch up with you later. And I left, and I, I just chuckled because I'm like, sometimes it, we all need a reminder of what the classroom is like. And that um, every day uh, a million decisions are made. And, yeah. and in the end, I think all of us as educators want to have that positive impact and that we've made somebody's day better. And hopefully in the long run, they're making a, a better change in the world too. So I appreciate your, yeah. your thoughts on that. When you're talking about the classroom, um, the dynamics that are there and remembering what, but I think hopefully even on those crazy days, there's still that student that knows, hey, I stopped everything to call tech so that this student could work, yeah. right? So they could function, even though there was other stuff falling around. But if I, if I can connect with as many students as I can and give them the opportunity to succeed, and hopefully those are the things they remember. Awesome. I actually want you to talk about the Calgary program just okay. a little bit. And what would you say to, to other people that are um, maybe didn't finish a degree or finished a degree <laughs> but haven't used it? And, and are considering going back to school to be a teacher, what would you say to them about the program in Calgary and, and, uh, or other programs similar? I mean, we're, we're not selling the University yeah. of Calgary, but yeah. What, yeah. Would you, what would you say to um, individuals who, whose kids are gone and they have a chance to go back to school to, to go into education and maybe have a passion for it? What would, what would you say to them? Well, I'm living proof that it's never too late. Like just to go up, but I, I did like the Calgary program. You did have to go to campus for two weeks in the summer. And um, a lot of, it, lots of it was online. All of it was online except for those two weeks. The program I thought was well done. I thought they do a, a, good, a good job. I, I was accepted in Lethbridge and chose not to do that to avoid 
the travel and ended up with the Calgary program. The Calgary program, they made sure there was so much connection. There was discussion groups and discussion boards that you went in and you were, I did a lot of group work where I connected over Zoom, which actually helped out through COVID with all oh, yeah. of the online learning yeah, okay. that I did. So I did a lot of um, group work through the classes and I had a lot of contact with my instructors through Calgary, which not the Athabasca was bad, I just didn't have that same connection. So the Calgary program took the time to make sure that you weren't just a number and um, worked really well with us through the program. So I was actually fairly impressed with it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I know we have a, a few teacher or a few EAs that are doing that program right now. We have a few that have graduated and, and some that have been hired and I'm super excited uh, for li your, your life experiences that you bring to the classroom that uh, um, some of us didn't. Um, and we just went from school to school to school. <laughs> and uh, you, you mentioned at the beginning the, the list of, of experiences you've had. So those life experiences will be a huge uh, addition to you as a teacher and in the classroom. So I had a lot of fun the other day watching kids' faces light up when I told them I've skydived. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I can clean your teeth. Yeah, and I can clean your teeth and do leaps around your... Yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. And I can dance. Yeah. So, awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming and spending a few minutes with me today. And, and uh, congratulations on the Edmund Parr nomination and the Edmund Parr uh, winner for uh, Zone 6. And um, just look forward to working with you and, and excited to see your career uh, advance. And and the work that you'll do in Carson Junior High and, and in Westman School Division. So thanks for joining us today.